Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn to your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, we'll be in verse 16 and 17 today. Romans chapter 1. Do you believe that is the gospel? Holy God in love became perfect man to bear my blame. On the cross he took my sin. By his death I live again. That is the gospel. And Paul was eager to preach the gospel to the Romans. This message we just sang about. This message that God became man and died so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Made right with Him. Paul was eager to preach this and he was not ashamed. We see in our text today. There were many reasons why Paul might have felt shame. One, he had been beaten and imprisoned for preaching the Gospel. And in Roman society in that day, uh, the idea of being arrested, the idea of being imprisoned, the idea of being in chains was a shameful thing. But Paul was not discouraged by the fact that he suffered. But no, he, he understood that as he suffered, he was suffering with Jesus. That he, the suffering he took on, he was identifying with Christ knowing that as he identified in his suffering, he identified with Jesus in his life. And today we have many reasons why we might feel the temptation to be ashamed. We believe this Gospel. We know this Gospel We have been saved by this Gospel and the power that it has, and yet we may be among other people who need this Gospel. Who need to hear these saving words from Jesus. And we may cower back, be afraid to say anything. Oh, it's at Thanksgiving at the dinner table. We don't want to say anything that might offend someone. Or, oh, it's just not the right time. Or, oh, uh, maybe uh, I just... We can think of all kinds of excuses, and yet sometimes we are ashamed of the Gospel. We can feel this temptation. No, Paul here says, I am not ashamed of the Gospel, and he gives us a couple of reasons. Let's go ahead and look at our text, beginning in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, for faith, as it is written, the just, I'm sorry, the righteous shall live by faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We 
Pray that You'd give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to obey. Lord, we pray that You would strengthen us. Lord, do not let us be ashamed of the Gospel. Make us people who are bold in our witness. Make us people who have confidence in the power of Your Word. Enliven in us a passion for this Gospel. Use Your Word to change us this morning. Lord, we love You in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the Gospel. The shame could be, in a sense, uh, uh, a psychological shame like we experience, a, a kind of a shame of being afraid of what people might think of us. But for Paul, it may have been even more. You know, if he shares the gospel, what has he gotten for it? Stoned, beaten, chains. And yet, in spite of those things, he continued to preach the gospel. He continued to share it. And he was not ashamed. In spite of what might happen to him, he continued to preach the gospel. And why, what is this gospel that he preached? As I said just a moment ago, it's just like what we sang, but it is the fact that God in all of it, I, I'm going all the way back here, God in His wisdom, He, he, he created this earth, He created us in, it, in His image to reflect His glory. He created the, the uh, um, paradise for us to live in. He created this with only one command for our first parents, Adam and Eve. Do not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they partook of this fruit, introduced sin into the world, introduced death into the world, and because of that, we are all full of sin and misery. We have all, like our first parents, sinned against God, rebelled against Him, and we suffer the consequences. We suffer the consequences of, of sin in our lives that wrecks us. We suffer the consequences of, of sickness, disease, sadness, relational conflict, and ultimately death. We suffer all these consequences, and yet God from the very beginning promised that there would be someone who would come and defeat death. From the very beginning, from Genesis chapter 3, we see the Gospel proclaimed to Adam and Eve that one day a, a seed of the woman, a descendant of Eve, would come and crush Satan's skull. The Gospel was proclaimed in Genesis. The Gospel has been proclaimed throughout all the Old Testament. And the Gospel finally came to fruition whenever John... 1.14, the Word became flesh. God became a man. In the Old Testament, we had uh, the, the Jews had a sacrificial system. A sacrificial system where an animal would take the place of, of, a, of human beings for their sin. Of course, no blood of any bull or goat could ever take away sin, the Bible tells us. But only... God could do that. 
The sacrificial system of the Old Testament pointed forward to the day when Jesus would come and He would be the Lamb of God who would take away our sin. (coughs) When He came, the... uh, God became man. He lived a sinless life. None of us could do that. None of us could do that. We have all sinned. And if we think we haven't sinned, there it is. We lied. We lied to ourselves. 1 John tells us that. We have all sinned, and yet Jesus obeyed the law Completely in its entirety, he uh, he was able to accomplish what no human being could accomplish, and he went to the cross, an innocent man, willingly. No one could take his life from him. He went to the cross and gave his life as a willing substitute for us. So he died. And He rose again on the third day, proving that He was Himself God. His resurrection also, not only does it prove that He was God, He also uh, shows us what we will have with Him one day. We will one day, if we trust in Him, we, we believe in Him, we will one day raise like Jesus and we will be with Him. This is the Gospel. Fallen man can do nothing on our own in order to save ourselves. God did it all. He sent His Son to die in our place and all we have to do is believe. Believe in His Son. Trust in Him. And we can be saved. This is a message that Paul is not ashamed of. And I hope we are not ashamed of either. Paul here tells us why he's not ashamed. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The Gospel is not weak. The Gospel is the power of God. You think about the Gospel message. And the world can look on the Gospel message of God becoming man, dying for us, and raising again, and think, your God had to become a human being and die? That seems pretty weak. It's what the old world can look at Christianity as. But yet, Paul understood that the Gospel is not weak. It is the power of God. It demonstrates God's power that He rose from the dead. And not only that, it is the power of God in our lives when we believe it. The Gospel is what has power to change us. The Gospel is what has power to to make us come alive. Why wasn't Paul ashamed of the Gospel? He says, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. He is not ashamed because the the Gospel has the power to change. 
The power to bring life. When we preach the Gospel, it is not empty words. It is not just communication like any other communication. But the Gospel has power. If we want to see people changed, if we want to see people saved and come to know Jesus, they need to hear the Gospel. There is nothing else that has the power to save them but the Gospel. The Gospel message in itself can change a person. And give an example. We know our beloved friend Ron, Militia, who's not here with us today. He can tell you his own testimony. In fact, last week he shared it at a, 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 a special meeting that they had at Hillsboro. And he'll tell you he was a sinner. He had no uh, knowledge at all of God. And when he heard the Gospel, it changed him. It doesn't matter how far away from God someone is. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they've done in the past. The Gospel can change them. You hear the Gospel, and when God is determined to save you, you hear that Gospel and He will bring life to you. I've heard of a seminary um, preaching professor who would take all of his students out to the cemetery. They would have to stand in front of a grave and preach. And the purpose for this was not to teach them to do funerals. It was to say, this is what it's like preaching every Sunday. Because we preach to dead men. The lost. And what the Gospel has the power to do is when we preach... People come to life. It is only the Gospel that has the power to do that. So Paul says, I am not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. This is God's saving power. You know, God's power is also demonstrated in other ways. We see the power of God that's demonstrated in His judgment as well. We look at the flood and what God did in the Old Testament to destroy the earth. We look at uh, um, um, Sodom and Gomorrah and how He rained down fire and brimstone against Sodom and Gomorrah. This is a demonstration of God's power. But no, this is a, the Gospel is not that kind of condemning message. The Gospel is a message of salvation. The Gospel is the power of God for salvation. To be saved from the wrath. Uh, the lost world oftentimes looks at Christians and thinks that we are condemning. That we look down on other people. Oh, if they only knew. We don't preach the law in order to say, measure up, come on, can't you do any better? No, that's not why we preach the law. We preach the law to sinners so that they know you need a rescuer. And the Gospel is powerful enough to save you. 
Paul says, it is the power of God to say for salvation for everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek. As I look at these words, everyone, uh, I think about this as an English teacher. And uh, when it says salvation of everyone who believes, if you look at that construction in the Greek, it's to believers, all of them. It's, it's, it's this power of God for salvation to believers, all of them. So everyone, all of them, is, is an adjective describing believers. Does that make sense? I know, I'm an English teacher, and maybe I get it, and not everybody is okay. But um, anyway, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Anyone who believes. doesn't matter uh, your race, ethnicity, uh, socioeconomic status, what you've done in the past, anything like that. Paul here says, for the Jew and also for the Greek. And that's, I think he's explaining... There, what he means by everyone who believes, all who believe. It doesn't, it's not defined by any kind of class. To the Jew first, he says. Why to the Jew first? Well, because Jesus was a Jew. And the gospel was promised uh, to Abraham and through his descendants and to David. And it was carried on through the prophets, all leading up to Jesus. That's why it's to the Jew first. But it also says to the Gentile as well, to the Greek, to all people, to every ethnicity on the face of the world. The gospel is for all. For anyone who would believe. This gospel is powerful enough it will save anyone who believes it. Next verse. That was all one verse. Glad I don't go over the Old Testament like that. <laughs> we spend forever in Genesis. <laughs> for in it, that is, for in the Gospel, in the Gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. This has been in the past troublesome. A couple weeks ago, we sang um, A Mighty Fortress is Our God by Martin Luther. We re- I, I made reference to the fact that uh, Halloween, is the, uh, the world celebrates, is also the day that we mark the beginning of the Re- Protestant Reformation. And Martin Luther came to this verse before he was converted, and he did not understand it because he he did not understand how the righteousness of God being revealed could be a good thing. Think about it. God's righteousness. Who can stand before God's righteousness? God is righteous and perfect and holy and sinners are not. How can we come before a righteous God? That was His problem. How can... We understand this. 
How is it good news? We come to God and we see His righteousness and we stand condemned. Until Martin Luther finally realized something. This is not the righteousness of God in that sense. In the sense that it's God's righteousness that is revealed. No. It is God's righteousness that is revealed in the believer. It's given. It's imputed. In the Gospel, when we believe the Gospel, we receive God's righteousness. Not our own. Not our own. We we cannot save ourselves by being righteous, by being good, by trying to serve people and all those kinds of things. No, we cannot in our own righteousness be saved. We cannot achieve God's righteous standard. But He gives it to us as a gift. For in it, in the Gospel, how does the Gospel reveal God's righteousness? By making sinners righteous. This is not something we deserve. We are sinners. We are rebels against God. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were once His enemies. And yet, when we believe the Gospel, when we trust in Him, He takes Jesus' righteousness, this righteous life that Jesus lived for 33 years, this sinless, perfect life, and He accounts that to us. No longer, when God looks at us, does He see what we used to be. Instead, He sees the perfect righteousness of His Son, Jesus Christ. That is how the Gospel reveals God's righteousness. In it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. Or, I think some translations might say from faith to faith. How are we to understand this? I think it's all by faith. It's all by faith. Some have tried to explain it, well, from one kind of faith to another kind of faith or something like that, but I think the best explanation is just to try to try to keep it as simple as possible. It's all faith. How, are, how is the Gospel revealed? It's by faith. Believe. Trust in Jesus alone. Not by our works. It's all faith. From faith to faith. And then if anybody objects to what Paul is saying, he gives some evidence from the Old Testament. Just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Paul says, I didn't come up with this. This is what the Old Testament taught. The righteous shall live by faith. This is the Gospel and we need not be ashamed. That Jesus 
the sinless Lamb of God left heaven, lived among men, died on a Roman cross for our sins, rose again, empowered His disciples to go and preach this message and ascended into heaven. This is the Gospel. So what should we do? First off, I think, by my recollection, I believe that we in this room are all believers. So this message should do one thing for us. And that is, it should stoke our confidence in the Gospel. The Gospel is powerful. Are you afraid to share the Gospel with your loved one? Are you afraid to share the Gospel with someone you work with? Or a friend across the street? Or anyone? Know this. The Gospel is powerful. You don't have to sit back and think, well, I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'm not good enough to be able to share this. Maybe I can't communicate it quite right. The Gospel is powerful enough. It can do the work. It will change someone on its own. Just point them there. We sometimes are fearful when we want to share the Gospel. We're afraid. Oh, will I have the right words to say? Just make it simple. Holy God, in love became perfect man to take my blame. On the cross, He took my sin. By His death, I live again. The other thing, I believe everybody here is a believer, but I can't know everyone's hearts. Hear this. Gospel. If there's anyone here who has not yet trusted in Jesus, has given Him your full allegiance, has trusted in Him and believed not just a mental assent, but wholly trusted on Jesus. Believe in Him. This message is for you. It's not just for church people. It's not just for people who have it all together. This message is for everyone who would believe it. Trust in Him. And then back to believers again. This message gives us strength for everyday living. God is righteous and holy. How could we stand before Him Just as Martin Luther had that fear. But oh, we can stand before Him because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ imputed to us. God sees us as His own Son. And we can come to Him with confidence as we pray, as we live throughout our days. We can come to Him and ask Him for help with the things we struggle with. We can come to Him at any moment, any hour. 
is this gospel is for us. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.